The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker and you are listening to episode 106 of the podcast or you're joining me here on YouTube. Today is Tuesday, September the 4th. Apologies for going a while without any content here. If you tuned into the last episode, you know that I have been on a road trip back and forth to New York to visit my family back home and uh, drove over 1,200 miles each way with a seven-month-old baby and a 14-year-old dog, and uh, it was it went better than expected, I have to say. The baby was really great in the car, and she slept a lot of the time, and uh, I hit zero traffic in either direction, which is awesome considering I drove back on Labor Day. Uh, but it was a good trip. Got to spend some time with family. Uh, I did not have an internet connection where I was last weekend. I was up in the Pocono Mountains. My uh, visiting with my parents there. Uh, they have a place that they stay during the summers, uh, out right around Mount Pocono, a little south of Scranton, for those of you familiar with the office. Uh, that might be a good point of reference if you've ever Googled where that is. In any case, uh, week off from MMA last week, and then uh, the week before, I was able to catch some of the uh, fight night card. I won't spend too much time on this because I'm sure you guys have already listened to other podcasts and and uh, have had enough coverage on this. We need to move on to you know more pay per view cards. Oh, and by the way, I am not joined by Jeff the Animal Wilson this week. Tried to get him on the phone, but to no avail. I know he's starting work this week and uh, he's super busy. I did get to catch up with him while I was up in New York. I went down to New Jersey to train at. Uh, Henzo Gracie's Fort Lee, so shout out to them. Uh, I had some awesome roles in that gym. It's uh, where I used to train when I lived up in New Jersey, and uh, it was a good time. Had a couple of beers with the animal. In any case, <clears throat> so Fight Night 135, Justin Gaethje and James Vick. Uh, this was a this was a really tough matchup for James Vick. He was really stepping up in competition. He really put himself in a bad spot because he was talking a lot of trash and. I really think it backfired on him because he's never been in a spot like like this before. And, you know, it wasn't a bad play by him, but you're not going to get in Justin Gaethje's head by doing stuff like that. This guy is absolutely fearless, and I, I feel like, if anything, he only motivated him and made it worse on himself. So, uh, yeah, tough one for James Vick. Awesome performance for Justin Gaethje. Uh, I think uh, another loss, he still would have been okay. I mean, obviously the guy has two losses in a row and he's still a main event. So uh, people want to watch him. And I think that would remain true even if he were to lose this fight because the guy always goes out on his shield. He either knocks people out or he gets knocked out. And that's the kind of fighter people want to see. So I'm sure we'll see him back in there again soon. Uh, He'll be on the main card of a pay-per-view or headlining another 
fight night in the not so distant future. James Vick, uh, I would like to see him move up to welterweight. Uh, I mean, it it was cool for a little while being the biggest guy at 155. It's kind of a novelty thing, but uh, I would like to see him move up. I think he would do well at welterweight and uh, start climbing the ladder there, and that's definitely what I want to see for him. In the co-main event, uh, I think Andre Feely got robbed of a decision here. I think Michael Johnson knows he got away with one. He looked like he didn't win the fight uh, at the end. He looked like he was already ready to start clapping for Feely when they were announcing the decision. Uh, This would have been four losses in a row for Michael Johnson, who was actually moved down a weight class because he was just struggling so much at lightweight after the thrashing he took from Khabib and then getting knocked out by Justin Gaethje. Uh, And then he moved down and and, uh, got beat up by Darren Elkins. So uh, this is good news for Michael Johnson because uh, it it lets him stick around a little bit longer. Uh, You got to feel for Andre Feely here. One of the judges uh, gave a 30-27 scorecard for Feely. They were the only ones, I think, watching the same fight that I saw. Uh, Not a whole lot else to talk about on this card. Uh, Jake Ellenberger taking another brutal knockout loss and thankfully retiring. Um, you know, I, I was kind of sad to see uh, Ellenberger on this car, especially against a killer like Brian Barbarina. But uh, I was I was glad to see him lay his gloves down. He's a real warrior. For those of you who are newer to MMA, uh, Jake Ellenberger was a, a real nasty slugger uh, back in his prime. But, you know, as we get into our 30s, the, the body doesn't react the same way. It used to in our 20s, so I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. Uh, so thanks to Jake Ellenberger for a lot of awesome fights, and um, uh, hopefully he's moving on to bigger and better things. A couple of quick submissions. Uh, within the first two minutes of the first round, Mickey Gall getting a rear naked choke over George Sullivan, so he's back in the win column. And Ronnie Yaya with a super quick heel hook over Luke Sanders, who's a really tough fighter. Uh, He'll hook him in a minute and 30 seconds. So if you missed that one, go back and check that out. Ronnie Yaya has some of the slickest jiu-jitsu in MMA. Uh, I've always been impressed with with, uh, this guy's jiu-jitsu, but, um, you know, he's never really gotten the recognition um, back in the WEC days. I mean, he was submitting everybody. Uh, so go check out some tape on him if you're not familiar with Ronnie Yaya and uh, check out that heel hook that he pulled on Luke Sanders, who's definitely a really tough fighter. All right. Like I said, I didn't want to spend too much time on this card because I'm sure you guys have heard enough about it. So we'll move on. Big uh, pay-per-view coming up this weekend, September 8th, and it's UFC 228 in Dallas, Texas, and it's welterweight champ Tyron Woodley taking on the challenger Darren Till. A lot of controversy surrounding this fight because, of course, you had Kobe Covington, who was the interim champion, and then he was indirectly stripped because he was supposed to fight Woodley. This was supposed to be the fight that was going to be made, and I have a couple of theories about why this didn't happen. So, for those of you who don't know the backstory, uh, Colby Covington agreed to fight Woodley, and they were going to fight in November or December. So since there was going to be such a long layoff, Colby Covington scheduled uh, a minor surgery. I believe it was on his nose or something like that. And uh, 
it, it would be a short recovery time, but then they turned around and said, uh, we want you to fight Woodley in September, and he said, I'm not ready. So in steps Darren Till, who a lot of people, including myself, believe is not deserving of a title shot since he missed weight by a lot uh, in his last fight against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, and it was the second time he missed weight. Uh, look, he's big for this division. I mean, the guy is really uh, a middleweight who depletes himself to fight at 170 pounds. And uh, it, it would be really disappointing if it, it's the main event of a pay-per-view and he's not able to make the weight. Now, granted, I, I realize he had some extenuating circumstances, uh, an emergency with his pregnant girlfriend, I believe, uh, during the fight week, during his last fight. So, But then on the other hand, it is the second time he's missed weight. So he's a big boy, and he's got to make 170 on the dot. So... Most of the time, you're allowed a one-pound allowance, and you're able to be 171. But for a title fight, you have to be on championship weight. So he has to make 170 pounds even, not 170.1. He's got to be even. The the word is that Kamaru Usman is cutting weight as well. And if one of these guys is not able to make it, then he... uh, will step in according to the UFC now Tyron Woodley has said he's not going to fight Kamaru Usman on one day's notice and uh I can't blame him for that you know you're preparing for a a giant of a man who's a Muay Thai striker uh and then at the last minute you're told you're gonna fight uh, a wrestler who switches stances when you're preparing for a, a big southpaw with big power um I, I'm not going to worry about that too much. Let's let's just pretend that Darren Till's going to make weight and everything's fine. This is actually an interesting fight. However, I believe this fight was made to screw Tyron Woodley. Uh, and I have a pretty lengthy theory behind this. So Tyron Woodley, as you know, has had his disagreements with Dana White and the UFC. And they've gone back and forth. And, um, you know, obviously the UFC is disappointed that his last three fights have been not very exciting and then he comes back and asks for big money fights he wants george st pierre he wants nick diaz he wants conor mcgregor uh and he doesn't want to fight the contenders in the division which is a very competitive division you have a lot of guys you know a lot of sharks uh swimming around the top of the welterweight division so tyron woodley not in good with the ufc brass uh, then he finally gets a fight in Colby Covington that would probably do pretty good numbers just because there's so much heat between these guys, and uh, I believe they would market the fight so well. Uh, whether or not Colby Covington is marketable is still kind of up in the air, but there are people who do want to see him get his ass kicked, uh, and, and that's a good thing. You want to have guys like that. And I think he actually brought the fire out of Tyron Willie, which we haven't seen in a while. Uh, so the other reason I believe that this is kind of a screw job for Woodley is that if you're not aware, the main event or the champions get what's called pay-per-view points. So for every pay-per-view buy, uh, they, they get a point and the point has a dollar value attached to it. Now it's different for every champion, uh, you know, depending on their individual contracts. I don't know what Woodley's is, but I know he does get pay-per-view points. This pay-per-view is not going to sell. Uh, Darren Till is a rising star. He's huge in the UK, but he doesn't have mainstream appeal yet. 
so him being across from Woodley and, you know, they're not really hyping this thing too much from a promotional standpoint as far as the UFC is concerned. And these guys don't have that much heat where they're they're really getting some great sound bites and circulating the internet or anything like that. The other reason this pay-per-view is not going to perform well uh, from a monetary standpoint is because it's the last pay-per-view right before Conor McGregor's comeback. Uh, this is the fight they're calling the biggest fight in UFC history, of course, Conor McGregor taking on Khabib Nurmagomedov for the lightweight championship next month. So if you're a casual fan and you know Conor McGregor's coming back next month and there's a UFC pay-per-view this month and it's Tyron Woodley and Darren Till and you don't really know who these guys are and if you do and you've seen Woodley's last couple of fights, you're not shelling out 60 bucks for this. I mean, this is not rocket science here. So... I think this is the UFC's way of kind of quieting Woodley because he wants big money fights, so they're going to give him a fight where he's not going to make that much money. He would have been better off fighting Kobe Covington uh, because they, they would have been able to hype that fight up a lot more. And also, it's the last pay-per-view before Conor McGregor's comeback. So people don't buy every single pay-per-view, especially the casual fans. They, they wait for the big fights. So if you know you're ordering Conor versus Khabib next month, you're not shelling out the money for this one. Um, so I think that's the UFC's way of screwing Woodley over. However, uh, hardcore fans are going to be really into this card. This card is fucking stacked. Uh, you wouldn't be able to tell somebody on the street who anybody on this card is except for maybe Diego Sanchez. Uh, and even that is, uh, is like a name that's like the ghost of Christmas past. Uh, the only active fighter from season one of The Ultimate Fighter, as far as I know. Uh, I think I've heard rumors that Chris Lieben is going to do a bare-knuckle boxing match or, or bare-knuckle MMA, something like that. Um, but other than that, uh, these guys are all retired from the first season, except for Diego Sanchez. He's still going. So let's start at the top, and we'll work our way down. I'm not going to break down every single fight, but we have some really interesting matchups here and a lot of things I want you guys to keep your eyes on uh, when you watch this, especially on the prelims. So Woodley and Till is an interesting matchup. Uh, a lot of people talking about Darren Till's size. I don't think that will be a factor. I mean, Woodley's fought some really big guys, and, and Woodley's a, a big guy himself. I mean, if you look at him, uh, he's one of the most muscular guys on the whole roster. He's really wide, and uh, he's a really talented wrestler. Uh, a lot of people uh, forget about that because he likes to stand up and, and fight, uh, but he can really wrestle. Uh, Darren Till is a really powerful southpaw, but Tyron Woodley's been fighting and preparing for nothing but southpaws. Uh, Damian Maya. Steven Thompson, uh, you know, it's been a, a, a long line of southpaws that he's been fighting. So I don't think that's really going to be a factor. In fact, I think it's going to benefit Tyron Woodley because Darren Till is going to be coming with the power from the left side. And Woodley's going to be circling away to his left, which opens up the lead leg of Till for the takedown. Uh, I don't think Woodley will shoot for a takedown right away. I think he will kind of... Be evasive and then start holding Till up against the fence, especially with a guy who struggles to make weight at 170 pounds. If you have Tyron Woodley uh, wearing on you uh, and and uh, <clears throat> you know uh, 
filling your muscles up with blood for five rounds, it's going to take its toll. And I don't think it'll take five rounds. I think it'll take maybe two, two and a half. We've seen Darren Till get tired in the past. We've seen Woodley still explosive in the fourth and fifth round of a fight. So I think the five rounds definitely benefits Woodley. Uh, and, and look, his last couple of fights have not been good. They haven't been entertaining. I'll be the first person to tell you that. But he won them. And he won them against really tough competitors like Stephen Thompson and Damian Maia because he's smart. He's not going to go in there and get into a brawl with Darren Till. He's just not going to do that. He's going he's gonna to make Darren Till carry his weight in the first couple of rounds. He's going to avoid the big strikes. He's going to avoid the big left hand. He's going to avoid the big left elbow. He's going to avoid the big left kick. Those are Darren Till's most powerful weapons. So if Woodley just circles away to his left, uh, it shouldn't be a problem. Then once Till gets a little tired, he's going to shoot for some takedowns or he's going to look to to land a big right hand. <clears throat> That's the way I see this fight going. However, you know, Darren Till is a, a big guy. Uh, you know, it's very possible he could catch Woodley. You know, Woodley has been knocked out before, though it's been maybe six years since that happened against Nate Marquardt. And uh, Nate Marquardt did it with really creative combination it was actually one of the most beautiful knockouts you'll ever see so go check that one out if you haven't seen it or if you don't know what i'm talking about nate marquardt versus tyron woodley in strike force in any case uh till till has more of a brawling muay thai style uh and he's not about creative combinations so much he, he throws things aggressively he's very tactical uh he he fights with a lot of skill but you know he's trying to land power shots and Tyron Woodley is good at evading those. So I'm kind of favoring Woodley in this one. I don't usually make picks, but, uh, you know, skill for skill, that that's how I see this one going down. But Darren Till is a tough guy. Uh, if Woodley were to lose this fight, I don't think we ever see him get another title shot, again, because of the bad blood between him and the UFC. And, uh, you know... It's a business at the end of the day. Uh, if you piss off the higher ups and, and you're not performing and you're not and you're not garnering fan attention, then they're not going to do you any favors. It's just the way it goes. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people for Darren Till to fight at welterweight, even though he doesn't even belong there. Uh, so I, I see him moving up to middleweight real soon, where he'll be bigger than a lot of people there as well. The co-main event is very interesting. So Nico Montano who is the women's flyweight champion and she won the belt by winning season 26 of the ultimate fighter. She has not defended the title yet. She's only four and two and she's taking on Valentina Shevchenko who has fought for the bantamweight championship twice and, uh, or once she has fought the bantamweight champion twice and lost very close decisions both times. And now she's moving down to her more natural weight, 125 pounds uh the experience difference is astronomical here so montano has only had six mma fights she's lost two of them valentina shevchenko has had 18 fights and she's 15 and three plus professional boxing and kickboxing matches uh, and we know she's good everywhere she's good on the ground we've seen her submit uh brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts uh it doesn't look good for Nico Montano here. Uh, and I believe she's a 1,300-point underdog. So I don't know. If you're a gambler, which I'm not, 
That that basically means if you bet $100 on Nico Montano, you could win $1,300 from my understanding of gambling. Now, the one thing Nico Montano has going for her is she was supposed to lose every single fight on The Ultimate Fighter, and she found a way to win. Uh, So she's got that. you know, there there's always a chance that Valentina Shevchenko could take her lightly, but I don't see her as being that type. She seems like she's always in shape, always training hard. Uh, her sister is also an MMA fighter. You may have seen her on uh, Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Valentina came on there, and she looked ripped as always. I, I don't feel like she's ever taking anything lightly. I feel like she's a really hard worker, and she's really talented uh i've been i've been saying that i think she's one of the top pound for pound female fighters in the world for a long time and um it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough night for nico montano but you know some people thrive in that underdog position and she's definitely a huge huge underdog so that that could play in her favor uh who knows like i said she was supposed to lose every single fight she was in on the ultimate fighter she was the biggest underdog in the whole show and uh here she is she's the champ so uh you can't doubt the champ but uh you know it doesn't look good the odds are not in her favor uh so before that we have uh, a couple of other straw weights we have jessica andraj and carolina kovokovic i imagine the winner of this uh will challenge Rose Namajunas for the strawweight championship. I don't see uh, I don't see it playing out any other way. So uh, this is an interesting fight. So you have Jessica Andrade, who is just a brute. Uh, you know, she's big for a strawweight. She's, she's the only fighter I can remember who dropped from bantamweight to strawweight before they created the 125-pound division. So she went from 135 pounds to 115 pounds. And, you know, she's... She's been beating the shit out of girls at at 115 pounds, except for the former champ, Yuani and Jacek. Uh, you know, she's destroyed everybody that was put in front of her. I mean, she put a, a nasty beating on Claudia Gedalia. And uh, Karolina Kovokovic is one of these uh, very unassuming fighters. You know, she's very soft-spoken. Uh, she seems like really sweet and innocent and uh you know she's a really skilled striker so i think jessica andrade is going to have trouble with kovokovic on the feet and uh she may have trouble getting her down i i don't know we we haven't seen uh much wrestling from carolina um but if jessica andrade is able to get on top of her um her striking on the ground is just brutal so it'll be a long night for carolina either way i I see the winner of this getting a title shot against rose namunis and uh you know rightfully so so uh since yoani and jacek is essentially out of the picture in the strawweight division because she lost to rose twice uh we have an interesting dynamic here because you have you know someone like jessica andrade who wasn't able to beat on jacek but i think she's a tough matchup for rose Uh, not to say that rose can't beat her but uh, that that's an interesting fight and uh carolina versus rose is interesting as well all right moving on down the line zabit magomed sharipov who is one of the most highly touted prospects uh in the featherweight division and maybe in the ufc right now people have been raving about this guy his coach mark henry says that you know he's the best fighter in the gym which is saying a lot uh you know when you got guys like frankie edgar and uh Eddie Alvarez and Edson Barbosa training in that gym. Uh, that, that's really putting Zabit on a pedestal. 
he was supposed to fight Yair Rodriguez. Yair had to pull out of this fight. And you guys all remember the drama that happened there where uh, Yair said he was refusing to fight Zabit and then the UFC just cut him. Uh, it was uh, pretty funny and uh, it made for a lot of drama, but then they reinstated him only if he would fight Zabit. And now he's pulled out. So Zabit has Brandon Davis stepping up on two weeks notice. Uh, so good luck to that guy. Uh, <laughs> Aljamain Sterling and Cody Stamen. This is an awesome bantamweight fight. Uh, these are two really tough guys. Cody Stamen, I believe, undefeated in the UFC thus far, but he's had a couple of really close split decisions. So Aljo thinks he has a lot to expose here. Uh, I think uh, the winner of this probably doesn't get near a title shot because we got a lot of uh, bottlenecking in this division right now. Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, with the current champ talking about fighting Henry Cejudo and you got Mar Marlon Marais up there who has a win over Aljamain Sterling. So I don't know what a win does here. Uh, a, a loss probably only, you know, flips your ranking. So you go from four to five or, or five to six or whatever the rankings are. I don't really pay much attention to who's ranked where, but I know that these are two of the top bantamweights in the world right now. And I'm really excited for that fight. The fight of the night, I think potentially, is Abdul Razak Al Hassan and Nico Price. Uh, these are two really exciting fighters, two really unorthodox fighters. Uh, Nico Price might be one of the most creative fighters I've seen in a long time. Uh, he's pulling out moves that uh, you know I, I I haven't seen before, uh, <laughs> and that that's saying a lot because I've been watching this sport a long time. Uh, I, I've been into combat sports since. Uh, I don't know. I was a kid from boxing to UFC when it started. And uh, his last victory over Randy Brown, the way he he knocked him out from the bottom while while hooking his head with his foot. I, I can't even describe what he did. So go back and, and watch that fight. Nico Price versus Randy Brown. And then <clears throat> Razak Al-Hassan is just a bruiser, man. He's you know he's going in there to take your fucking head off and basically all of his wins are by way of knockout he's nine and one so the only time he's gone to a decision uh he lost and it was a split decision uh so this is a fucking awesome fight so definitely tune in for this one uh, if you're gonna watch one fight on this whole card make it abdul razak al-hassan and nico price because that fight is going to be fireworks and you're definitely going to see some very unusual things and you're probably going to see somebody get knocked out all right we go back to the bantamweight division john dodson and jimmy rivera jimmy rivera on a real quick turnaround here after getting knocked out by marlon Marais in his last fight snapping a 20 fight win streak uh <clears throat> you know we're really going to find out what kind of fighter jimmy rivera is here uh, i think maybe it's a little quick for him to get back in there but you know, he's young. It, it was kind of a quick flash kind of knockout that he took. Um, and, you know, hopefully he's been training smart and uh, he hasn't been sparring too hard for this fight. Uh, but, you know, John Dodson can put anybody out with one punch. Uh, I think he's the only person to ever knock out the current champ, TJ Dillashaw. And he did that on the Ultimate Fighter when they were both on there together. So this is an interesting fight. Um John Dodson is is kind of an enigma because he's really quick and really explosive and you never really know what you're going to get from him, but he's been super patient 
uh, in his last couple of fights. So if we see the John Dodson of old, who's, who's in there really pushing the pace, I, I think we're going to see a really entertaining fight here. But, uh, you know, if we see a hesitant Jimmy Rivera and we see a patient John Dodson, then this one could be a dud. So uh, I don't want to get your hopes up that it's going to be a great fight. All right, back to the women's strawweight division. Carla Esparza taking on Tatiana Suarez, who <clears throat> is just a beast of a wrestler. She's got better wrestling for MMA, and she's got better wrestling credentials than Carla Esparza does, who is known for her wrestling. So uh, kind of a tough matchup for... Carla Esparza, who was the first women's strawweight champion ever. Uh, and then, you know, she was kind of in the same situation that Nico Montano is in, where she won the title and then she went in there against Ioanni Andrzejczyk, who is obviously one of the most skilled fighters on the planet and, uh, you know, didn't go her way. But uh, Carla Esparza looked great in her last fight against Claudia Gadelia and, you know, barely losing a split decision uh, and then she had two wins before that but uh suarez is uh you know a lot of people are saying she's going to be a champ and you know i i think she's she's going to be looking to to make a name off her off of uh carla esparza here off of the farm former champ so uh she's coming off a, a big submission victory over alexa grasso in her last fight so this one should be interesting two women both known for their uh wrestling and grappling could end up being a stand-up war that's usually the way these things go uh, when two grapplers go at it they usually want to punch each other in the face uh that's just that's just the way it's always been uh diego sanchez and craig white uh diego sanchez you know still still doing the fucking thing uh you know like i said the only guy that's still around from season one of the ultimate fighter and this guy's this guy's just a warrior i don't know what he's gonna do with himself if he ever retires from mma and then uh the same goes for jim miller jim miller making his record-breaking 30th ufc appearance uh this just one of those guys that's that's tough as nails and um you know he's been around a long ass time he's always fought you know four or five times a year i think he's been in the ufc like 10 years now something like that uh nothing else really jumping off the page here but <clears throat> i mean you're definitely getting a, a lot of bang for your buck on this one you know should you choose to purchase this card which <clears throat> i have a feeling a lot of people are not going to for all the reasons i stated earlier the the ufc you know trying to trying to put the screw job on on old tyron woodley but uh you know as far as i'm concerned uh you know if you're a big fan buy it you know get a get a group of people and everybody chips in and and check out this pay-per-view i think it's it's definitely going to be worth it uh if you're just a fan of great fights there's definitely going to be a lot of great fights on this card i can guarantee you that much <clears throat> all right and then the following week ufc goes to russia for the first time and uh this card's kind of falling flat a little bit uh mark hunt <clears throat> main event against alexi olenek tough fight for olenek because he's you know a grappler who is really great at submitting people from the bottom but you're not going to get mark hunt taking you down he's mark hunt's going to try and knock your head off uh <clears throat> obviously a lot of great russian fighters on this card i think the ufc were was hoping to get khabib on here but uh i don't think connor was going for that one uh you got arlovsky in here and, and we'll get more into this next week so while i was up in new york 
and uh, <coughs> I, you know, I hung out with the animal. Fortunately, not hanging out with the animal right now, but I had to get some content here for you guys. So I drove up, <coughs> and like I said, I uh, I stayed at my parents' place in Pennsylvania. My sister had been there the week before, so. I guess she's trying to win this sibling of the year award because she hit a bottle of scotch in the place for me and it was a Balvenie Doublewood 12 year and that bottle did not last the entirety of the road trip I can tell you that much because it was delicious really smoky really oaky flavor uh, and uh, yeah awesome scotch uh, I didn't even need a cigar with it it was awesome just on its own no ice no water just drank it straight and uh yeah uh there's none left so whatever that tells you uh, tells you i have a drinking problem then you know maybe that's the case if it tells you that it's great scotch then go check it out and buy some the other thing i did it right near my hometown in in larchmont new york so i i was born and raised in new rochelle new york larchmont is the next town over it's where i was a volunteer firefighter for many years and uh there's a new supermarket called de chico's and uh they they put it in an old guitar center and and uh, the big trend with the supermarkets is they have you know coffee bars and stuff in them uh this supermarket has a beer bar a craft beer bar that sits above the supermarket so you go up to like a balcony and i think they have 15 or 20 beers on draft that you can sample and you know have a pint uh while you do grocery shopping uh i didn't need to do any grocery shopping i was just there for the beer in any case one beer stuck out to me a lot and it was called fat mango by finback brewery new york brewery it's a new england style ipa pretty hoppy and uh it, it's a mango sticky rice beer so for those of you who've ever had mango sticky rice and you like it and you like beer this is the beer for you i was raving about this beer all week to anybody who would listen to me and uh i picked up a crowler which is just a 32 ounce can that you can get filled right from the draft station there and uh, i brought it to a party at some friend's house and uh i was the only one who liked it i guess it wasn't sweet enough for them you guys know by now i'm not really into super sweet things i don't have a sweet tooth I like smokier stuff, but for me, it was just sweet enough. And the, uh, you know, the, it really tasted like sticky rice, which I'm a fan of. So, Fat Mango by Finback. Uh, I don't know if it's available everywhere, if it's widely distributed. I haven't looked for it since I've been back here in Florida yet, but I did really enjoy that beer, and I, I'm definitely going to seek it out. So, you know, go check that one out if you're into mangoes and sticky rice and beer and you want something that tastes like all of those things because uh, it definitely does all right <clears throat> i'm sure there's a lot more i could talk about i know there was pfl last week i didn't catch it so i'm gonna assume nothing exciting happened if i'm wrong let me know reach out to me on social media at mma on the rocks and if you want to get a hold of jeff the animal wilson and yell at him for not being on the episode this week it's at animal underscore wilson on twitter that's all i got for this week until next time cheers everybody goodbye